It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. All right, Raider Nation, there you go. The first preseason of this ex- preseason game of this extended preseason is in the books. The Raiders 27, the Jaguars 11. We got your instant reaction uh, here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us, our second show of the day. Um, I think Mo's getting sick of me, and so I bring in my broadcast partner here, uh, Mr. Mo Moten. Hey, Mo, we saw some football. Man, it felt good, didn't it? It definitely felt good. Raiders fans are definitely in, in mid-season form. You got people cursing at me, people wondering where's my <laughs> halftime adjustments announcement. All that, all that coming in on day one. So it's fun. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so what we want to do at the beginning of the show, and we're going to have him on uh, regularly throughout the season uh, for our voice of the fan. Because you know what, when it comes to Raider Nation. Uh, again, I always talk about Raider Nation having the best fans in all of sports, not just football, all of sports. And so we want to get to that reaction because that 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 emotional uh, fan reaction is so important. And, and we want to do that. And to do that, we turn to one of my favorite guys out there. That, of course, is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Make sure you subscribe to their channel on YouTube. Watch your show. It's not only great Raiders stuff and conversation, but the best personalities um, and all that stuff going on is fantastic. And so we bring in Murph now. Murph, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, football started again. How you feeling? Oh, my gosh. I'm fired up, man. You know, it's the first game of the preseason, but it's so good to see the silver and black. It's so good to see them on the field. It's so good to see the guys out there, especially the new players that we acquired in the offseason. You know, it was so good to see, you know, Devontae Adams and warm-ups and, you know, just, you know, Derek Carr, the field. just, it was, it's just so good to see the Raiders, man. So yeah, I mean, the, you know, it's hard to have a lot of huge takeaways on a, on a yeah. game like this, but man, it's, it was just a lot of fun. And, and, and I want to say too, at the top, thank you guys for having me. And you are very kind with your words and, and feelings mutual about your guys' show. And, and I'm honored to be here and uh, to represent Raider nation here on, on your show on silver and black today. So thank you so very, very much for this opportunity. Well, no, thank you, man. And, and I'll tell you, Mo and I talk about it all the time off the show that, you know, there's great fan created content out there. Right. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes the big media players like to downplay it. We don't, we know how important it is. Uh, and, and we believe that you do it so well uh, and it's just phenomenal. And, and I watch all the time, as you know, and so we appreciate you being here. And again, it's, it's important to get the fan voice on there too. Mo and I always try, even though Mo grew up a, a Raiders fan, we always try He's a journalist too. So he, we, we always try to be objective uh, and, and that's great, but I think sometimes you miss it because you want that fan interaction. So we're going to start right in and ask you kind of what were your first impressions seeing this team 
under Josh McDaniels. Of course, we had the question marks. Me and Mo both said, hey, okay, offensive line, some of the defensive line, defensive backs, of course, how would they look? Give us your initial reaction. What were you happy with uh, and maybe what concerned you? I was happy with Mark Davis flying in the face of danger, <laughs> eating a chicken wing with a white shirt. Like that to me was that set it off. Oh my you know? god! So I, that that was that was very impressive. Uh, only only you know second, just a very close second to that was Amir Abdullah and his David Lee Roth circa Van Halen World <laughs> Invasion tour kicks that he's doing in the end zone. Like absolutely impressive. But no, in all seriousness. Um, you know, I think we were looking, you know, offensive line has been the big question of the offseason, right? And what these yeah. guys were going to look like, you know, and, and so it was very interesting to see Brandon Parker starting off at left tackle. I don't think that surprised anybody that that Colton Miller wasn't in the game. It was a little disappointing to see, though, that Brandon Parker still kind of being Brandon Parker. And that was a little, you know, I, I think it was Collinsworth at one point made a, made a, a comment about this is good on good. And I was like you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not taking a shot at Brandon Parker, but you know, he's had some challenges in his, in his career and, uh, and, and especially lining up uh, out there at outside of tackle. So I thought that was a little bit of a question mark, but, but you know, shout out much respect to Lester cotton. That oh, yeah. young man is really climbing the ranks. I mean, I know you guys have talked a lot about it, about like, you know, and, 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 and just doing our own little kind of like dig on it on, on our show the other night. You know, this guy blocked for Josh Jacobs. He blocked for Derrick Henry. He's a member of uh, of a two-time national champion in Alabama. Like, you know, it's not surprising that he's developing into a legit guard in the NFL. And I know it's one preseason game. I'm not going to get all crazy. But seeing him have the game that he did, um, seeing Tyrone Wheatley Jr. have the game that he did, um, the offensive line really seemed to kind of put it together, you know, and seeing, you know, Illuminor out there blowing people up and, you know, just on the, I think I was on that one Abdullah run, um, you know, just freaking laying it out there, laying guys out there. So I, it was pretty impressive, man. I was, I was excited about that. Yeah. And, and to me, that was uh, that offensive line and, and Mo jump in here anytime you want, but that offensive line to me, of course, everybody notices the Brandon Parker getting beat and we'll, we'll talk about Brandon Parker later. But when you look at how that line performed earlier on in the system too, uh, that's what was encouraging to me. Was it perfect? No. We we knew this was going to be ugly. It's a practice, folks. I think fans, you know, it's it's a big national game. You have Chris Collinsworth, who everybody likes to hate on, calling the game with Mike Tirico and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, this is a glorified practice. So it's going to have warts and all. Um, I was really impressed. Mo, what did you feel early on with that offensive line as well? Well, with Murph, I was really encouraged about what I saw, specifically from the interior of the offensive line. And I tweeted this before I got on with you guys. I think the run game would be a lot better. But I wanted to ask Murph. To me, there were a couple of guys who kind of teased me in the game where they did a couple of things. And I just wanted to see a little bit more. But before I get into my opinion on that, I just want to know, if, were there a couple of guys that you were like, ah, just if he had just one or two more plays, I would have put him as one of the stars of this game. Yeah, Tyra Johnson, you know, if he comes up with that catch down deep. Oh. Uh, I believe that was Stidham that hit him down there. I yes. think if he makes that catch, that's the guy that's that's jumping out at us. Um, a little disappointed with Keelan Cole. Kind of, you know, I kind of go back and forth with that guy so much. Um, you know, it's like you just want to see him do good, and and and, and it doesn't tend to quite shine the way that you want him to. But uh, but I think Johnson would be the one. And then and then you know the standout to me too, especially late in the game, the new version of Chris Warren the <laughs> third is going to be Austin Butler. Like that's your new favorite running back of Raider Nation in the offseason, and everybody's <laughs> going to be clamoring for him to get a starting role, although we have 900 running backs in front of him. 
Yeah, and I mean, I my notes from the first half, I mean, you guys covered a lot of them. And, and the running back position, Mo and I, and I know you guys talked too, Murph, on your show as well about that running back room. I think a lot of fans, you know, there, a lot of fans were upset, it seemed, that Josh Jacobs was playing so much at the beginning. But as Mo kept pointing out, Murph, um, you know, he didn't get the fifth-year option. And I know people look at Josh Jacobs from the previous years and he's a great back, don't get me wrong, but he's kind of out there fighting for playing time. And so I was not surprised by it. Were you surprised by it? No, not really, because of that, of those exact points that you guys made. And, you know, so much has been talked about with the way that Josh McDaniels runs his offense, that he's so diverse in what he does with running backs. And they're, they're so specific to their job. And so then, so you got to have a wide range of talent. And all you had to do is see Abdullah in the open field. And it was like, oh, this is what these plays are supposed to look like when you get, you know, when, so when you think about it, Derek Carr used to get hammered by fans about check down, check down, check down. Well, maybe those things were actually kind of well-designed plays and maybe they just didn't have the talent to, to pull off what the coaches were hoping were going to have. I don't know. That's just a fan comment. But like, to me, when I see Abdullah running in the open field, it's like, oh, no wonder this guy's on special teams. No wonder this guy's going to be returning kicks. No wonder he's going to be catching these, these swing passes and screens and whatnot, because he freaking went off and, and gained yards with that. So I, and especially on that one run where he got to the corner. So, I mean, I think it's awesome. So no, it didn't surprise me one bit. I was a little surprised to see Kenyon Drake at this, get the, 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 the secondary carries there to kind of follow up Josh Jacobs. Um, but then, uh, and then also if I could just tag with this too, Zamir white, like already wow. impressing, yeah. like there was a, there's a world where, I mean, we could see a lot of split carries as far as the bell cow carries coming between Jacobs and white. Um, and then especially on, on short yardage, like he's your third and one guy. I mean, that mm. was impressive. Mo, you talked about so, this so a lot the last few weeks. Yeah, he's taking a lot of the words right out of my mouth. I don't have to say anything. Uh, me and Murph are definitely <laughs> on the same page. But when you when you get back, <laughs> we're right here. So Murph, when you get back on your show, and I know fans can be emotional. Murph is one of the few Raider fans who don't curse at me on Twitter, so I appreciate him for that. But uh, when you <laughs> when you get back on your show, are are you? Let, let's address the elephant in the room again. Are okay. you are you clamoring for the Raiders to sign another offensive tackle? Did did the Raiders' offensive tackles do enough for you today to? Like, okay, we'll work with these guys, or are you thinking, no, you got to get on the phone and call somebody? I think after what I mean, after just one game, I mean, it's hard to argue that that they haven't done enough. I mean, it's and especially when our, our best one isn't out there. Uh, you know, the again, I'm not as connected to camp and things as you guys are, but like from everything I read, Carmen Brasillo's doing a great job with the line that you know they're responding well. And then when you see again, you got a guy like Lester Cotton who really you know he's an undrafted guy and he's developing into this you know, legit guard. Like I got to imagine that, you know, we didn't hear any like the big questions about Alex Leatherwood tonight. Ain't nobody was talking about that. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I got to think that we're going to be okay. Like that we've seemed to we seemingly have enough depth there. Um, you know, John Simpson. I mean, like, the, I mean, I think we're, I think, but again, what do I know? I'm just a schmuck in my bonus room. <laughs> oh my gosh oh by the way our good friend and fan from down under uh rossi biddle rossi. uh his comment on youtube he says i wish i could find someone that looks at me the way dc and adams looked at each other on the sideline <laughs> 
Oh, which is so fun, especially since, you know, those guys don't play, but they, they get the interview with Melissa Stark. Um, but, you know, the, one of the things that, that you talked about was kind of guys who, who stuck out. That offensive line, and I texted Mo uh, earlier in the game, and I said, you know, watching the play calling, watching the scheming uh, on the offense – to me, was very refreshing. And it goes back to something we talked about, Murph and Mo, on our show, which was about focus, focus and discipline. And boy, I saw that tonight. You can see the, and it's not a knock on anybody else. It just is different. And you can see that McDaniels influence already on that team. Yeah, I thought so. You could see a crispness. You know, I used yeah. to say, like, watching a Raider game, in the early game and then watching other games later on, sometimes they look like different sports, you know, because our receivers would be running into each other and there'd be pre-snap penalties and you'd have all this craziness going on. So it's kind of nice uh, to see a team this early, no pre-snap penalties and that crispness, despite who, who was out there. Um, really, there was only a couple of big, like, things that jumped out you know our, our first off our kicking game is on point those guys are mid-season you know those they're, oh, yeah. they're turning in all-timers between Trent Sig AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson so we got nothing to worry about there and then defensively so it was kind of funny one of the one of the, the flubs that I did notice was that you know we've talked so much about Graham and and his he's not being married to like any particular set he runs all mm -hmm. these different formations and sets and things and I thought at one point early on, I was like, wow, this is kind of early to be running a three-man front. And then all of a sudden, you see Myron Tango Vialoa come running in. The big old number 69 comes sprinting in from the sideline because he missed his call to go in on the play, which I thought that was kind of funny. But outside of like a couple of little things like that, I mean, they looked legit. I mean, they looked tight, I guess, you know? Yeah, no, and, and that that was the point that, that I was going to make, too, uh, here was the fact that um, this team and kind of just the mojo that's around it. We've been talking about it a lot, and you guys have been too. That notice, that difference, the crispness, as you said, Murph, uh, was really uh, special, I thought. And it just points, again, this is a building block. They have the extra preseason game. They have three more to go. Um, and you like to see there. Now, there were things that weren't great, but I want to continue on the positive. Uh, Jarrett Stidham. At quarterback, I've, I've, I've seen fans, uh, other fans already naming him the number two. Uh, he had a great night. I'm looking at the live stats here. Uh, eight of 15, 96 yards. That's not a that's not a stat he, line that's going to light up that, the board. Not to cut you off, Scott, but he yeah. should have had a touchdown because, as Murph mentioned earlier, yes. if T. Billy calls in that that catch. That's a touchdown. Yeah, his stat line looks a lot better. Yeah, so no I was, I was, I'm pretty high on Stidham after this one. Yeah, no doubt about that. And if you look from a rushing perspective as well, um, uh, and and the the positives there. But Stidham, to me, the thing that I liked about him, and Murph, I want to get your thoughts on this. Were, were his pocket presence was really really good under pressure, and the and the and the broadcasters talked about it. Right, they talked about him staying in the pocket, and then when he had to move out of the pocket. I found him just very smooth, and I think that's got to be just because of that familiarity with the offense from being in New England with McDaniels. 100%. It's got to be, right? Like with anything that we do, and we do it with repetition, we get comfortable, you know, and, and we don't get, you know, in the quarterback's case, they're not going to get happy feet. And like you said, when he did move outside, especially when he got on run, I realized that guy can move like that. Like he's, yeah. he can freaking get after it a little bit on the ground. So like that was very encouraging. And if anything, like, that's kind of what you want, right? And your backup, because it's like, I know there's going to be some, you know, hater car people out there that are going to be like, oh, you're just horrible, <laughs> you know, whatever. And that goofy stuff that comes up every year. But like, that's clearly not going to be the case. So you just want to have someone that's got the grasp of it 
in mm-hmm. case something happens and Derek can't play for whatever reason, you got a guy that has full control of the offense, full control in, in, in terms of, of being comfortable. Again, not going to be commit, committing a bunch of like goofy errors and forcing balls or anything. He's going to, he's going to follow the McDaniels offense. So I think that's incredibly encouraging and he definitely outshined Mullins tonight. There's no doubt. Mo, what'd you think uh, your impressions of Stidham? As I said, I think he had a pretty good night. And I'm not like a lot of you, like you said, a lot of people are already naming him the number two quarterback. I think the Raiders are going to pretty much use just about all their preseason games to decide that number two spot because it's an important spot because God forbid if Derek goes down, that guy has to be in and be ready to play. So I think that's going to come down to the wire. But I did want to get Merce's opinion on the defense because some people brought, to, brought this yes. up to me on Twitter that, oh, it's not enough sacks and everyone's looking for the sacks. And sometimes, you know, pressure comes and it doesn't show up on the box score. But Murph brought up a good point about Patrick Graham bringing in different personnel groupings, using a three-man front, using a four-man front. We saw that early, and I think that should get the guys ready for having to switch it up. As you said, talking about Lord running on the field, no, having to know where he has to be at a certain uh, personnel grouping, and I think that's important. But are you worried about the defense at all? Because I think eventually once the guys get healthy, Crosby, Chandler, even Cleve Farrell, if he's healthy enough to get on the field, I think that defense will look a lot better and rack up more sacks. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I 100% think so. And I thought it was interesting, not necessarily in terms of the pass rush, but seeing Nate Hobbs starting on the outside, that was another mm-hmm. thing that, that kind of got my attention. But in terms of like pass rush, like, so we got one sack on the interior. Who was that? Was that Vickers? They got that sack up the yeah. middle. Um, so that was that was pretty cool to see some interior pressure like that. But as far as on the edge, I guess the only thing I did notice is that you heard fans talk a lot about Malcolm Koontz, and I was surprised that as much playing time as he got on the edge that he didn't get more pressure on on the on the quarterback so I guess that did kind of you know stand out a little bit but at the same time a lot of Jacksonville tonight and I don't I'm not incredibly familiar with the Jacksonville roster but they were going with their ones on a bunch of stuff in terms yeah. of line right so mm-hmm. I mean so if we, we were you know had a guy like Malcolm Coots going up against their starting you know lineman or whatever I guess it makes a little bit more sense but yeah it would have it would have been nice to see some more pressure but look at but I mean but, but here's the thing though and this is where I get I get a little crossed up with Raider fans sometimes is that and, and here I am gonna gonna talk about our own. So the thing that drives me nuts is like when things go great, well, let's not harp on the stuff that's like little nitpicky stuff. Like the Raiders overall look great tonight. The vibe was great tonight. Mm-hmm. They looked fresh. The ever the coaches you can tell you hear about Josh McDaniels and all of his details and all that. You those things were clearly evident tonight. We had younger players stepping up. You know, we had our our draft picks that we just, you know, those guys stepped up. I mean, so, like, let's not get all in our feelings about, like, you know, like, oh, we're going to a pass rush. No, but we thumped the freaking Jaguars, like, with <laughs> our backups of, of our backups of guys that are going to be bagging groceries in six weeks. So, like, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I thought it was incredibly encouraging. So, I, I you know, I, I think Raider Nation sometimes could use to have a little bit more grace on when we have good things happen on the field. Yeah, and I think you look at the six penalties overall, many of them came very late. I thought the first half especially was very cleanly played, offense and defense when it came to penalties. On the defense, though, as you guys were talking about that as well, the things I was concerned with were you you mentioned Koontz uh, being in there for a lot of time. He had some plays uh, in the second half I thought were better. Um, but there was not a push in the middle, which is something that's concerned. Now, again, Bilal Nichols is not there. He's injured. So I think Moe's right about that injury. I think people have to understand that on that defensive front, the defense kept the Jaguars off the field. Now, the Jaguars probably helped a little bit with their, their ineptitude on offense at times. 
But at the same time, I thought overall defense played pretty well. The intermediate passing game worked for ja the Jaguars in spots, and that worried me a little bit out there. But I think, again, that's that's because of injury, and that's because of the lack of pressure, not only from the edge but in the middle as well. I think they're going to rectify that as the preseason goes on. I really believe you'll see that get better. And and fans who were, as, as Mo said in our show earlier today, you know, don't blow a blood vessel. Uh, about this game some fans were already doing that with the defense but they came up big at certain times there were some good pass defenses as well overall and, and so it's 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 yes there needs to be improvement that's why you play these games but overall I agree with you Murph I think it was an excellent performance and it really just set a standard and I think a mood for this team in this preseason to work hard to start to gel as a team and and to stay disciplined. Yeah, we start getting guys like Petco because you know, I don't even notice that he played tonight, you know. And then you you mentioned mm -hmm. Nichols is injured, you know, and so we got we got Billings to go in there. Like, there's a lot of room still, a lot of players that we're going to see on Sundays that we didn't see tonight. Uh, take the field. I'll give you one more though, in terms of like the critical point, in terms of something that did kind of jump out at me defensively. I did notice Tyree Gillespie didn't wrap up on a couple things, and I got to imagine that's just because he's a young player. But you know that I, that that college thing, you know that thing that that they do, and just trying to go in there and and knock somebody over. I, I don't work in the NFL, and he bounced off of a couple of tackles, and so you'd like to see that young man wrap up, and I imagine they'll address things like that. But that was really the only other big thing that kind of jumped out at me. You know, I'm not sure about, about what you guys saw, but, you know, as far as Gillespie seems to be around the ball, which is good, but now yeah. just, you know, finish the play, right? Murph coming with the hard-hitting analysis. Look at that. <laughs> and this is this this is why we have – I don't even have to say anything. Murph, Murph's got me covered. I don't even have to add anything. I I got nothing to say. Well, and it, but it, it, again, Great though – Great minds, Mo. We share a brand. But the things you're mentioning, Murph, too, your analysis there – is spot on because I felt the last few years you had that sloppiness, right? You might have a guy who had talent players, the Corey Littletons who sometimes would be on target and miss, you know, I didn't see a lot of really bad plays to where even some of the guys, as you started getting lower into the roster and some of these guys who, who probably won't be around, uh, but still playing hard, that's the key. That's their ideal around the focus and the culture that they're setting and that's a big deal because, hey, if you get beat on the field of play, but you're playing your best, you're not doing things to 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 lose, that's a huge get. And I think that's what we saw tonight. Yeah, 100 percent. That's what you want to see from your your young guys. Right. You want to see yep. them hungry. You want to see them, you know, finishing plays and, and, and going all the way through. And that's what we saw. And, you know, we hadn't that hasn't always been a hallmark of, of Raiders teams. It hasn't been a hallmark of Raiders teams in the season let yeah. alone the first game of the preseason when they've been practicing for nine days or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I was, it's got to be encouraging. It's got to be encouraging to Raider fan. Uh, and if it wasn't, then you're going to have a long year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't be into self-punishment. Like, uh, you know, keep going on. Right, right. Um, but a GA Patriot uh, on the comments on YouTube says the biggest difference is discipline. I think discipline focus absolutely is noticeable. Murph, before we let you go, um, not only do you do great content uh, and you and the guys there, uh, Uncle Mosh and all the guys uh, do such a great job, but you also have a great uh, feel for the community and for Raider Nation. And you do a lot of good working with, with your foundation. Tell everybody about the One Nation Foundation, what they can do to get involved, because I know you're doing a push, and where that money goes. Oh, you're, you're the best. Thank you for asking. Yeah, so uh, the One Nation Foundation is our nonprofit. 
Uh, we formed it when we realized that we could make money with Raiders Fan Radio, uh, either through direct donations, advertising dollars, merchandise sales, uh, all the money that we generate with our show, 100% of that goes to the One Nation Foundation. And uh, we give to various Raiders-related charities, mainly the Bolitnikoff Foundation. Uh, the Bolitnikoff Foundation funds a place called Tracy's Place of Hope uh, that was built in honor of Fred Bolitnikoff's daughter, Tracy, who was uh, taken from us prematurely back in 1999. Uh, and this facility offers rehabilitative services uh, for young for young women that are at risk of domestic violence or substance abuse. Uh, and it's it's an amazing, amazing foundation. And uh, we're very proud to be partnered up with them. And so that's our main uh, outlet for the money. But we give it to, to again, various GoFundMes and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to we're going to present a check. Uh, we're our, headed towards our goal of eight thousand dollars this year. We'll present that in December at the Bolitnikoff annual crab feast. And uh, so, yeah, anything that you can do to con to contribute, uh, you can go to our uh, our website, RaidersFanRadio.com. And there's a One Nation Foundation button on there. You can hit that. It will take you to a PayPal and uh, you can donate directly there. Or when we do our show on Wednesday nights, we'll auction off items. We'll auction off signed merchandise or whatever. And any of the super chats that we get through our YouTube and any of that, all that goes in and, and contributes to that fund. Uh, or you can go to our T Public site, which again, it's just go to our go to our website, racefanradio.com, and you can get to any of this stuff. Uh, and you can buy merch. And we have, you know, different shirts and things, including this one nation foundation shirt and um it doesn't cost you anything extra man t public gives us a kickback fanatics gives us a kickback so in all that money uh we just take it and put it towards the foundation so thank you very much for asking and um yeah it's something that we're uh we're, we're proud to be part of and it's all about it's 100 our listeners um we're just the vessels we're just the guys that get to turn on the microphones and talk about it uh it's raider nation is the one that that makes it all happen and we're very thankful for them yeah, and again, they step up big time all the time. And thank you for doing that, too. Uh, what a great, great cause. And and with Freddie and, and the organization and what they do, it's such important work. So we appreciate you doing it. Now, before we let you go, what we want to do is, and I told you this when I was on your show a few weeks ago, the fan cave, all that stuff you see behind yeah. Murph is amazing. Like, And when you watch his show, he's got multi-cameras. He's got all kinds of, I, I don't know how many, what do you have, like eight cameras in that place? Yeah, five anyways. Five. Yeah, yeah. Okay, five. So I was close. So he's got five cameras, and, and you can't see it all right now. But he's he is awesome. And and if you look at Mo's background, I think we need to get you to Mo's house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely bare here. Right? I, ha I have to make sure that I stay on a fine line because if I have anything Raiders in my background, all the Chiefs fans and the Packers fans and the Titans fans that yeah. follow me on Twitter go like, hey, I thought you were supposed to be objective. How do you got Raider gear in your background? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we'll send you, I'll tell you what, we'll send you some One Nation Foundation gear and you can tell them it's all for the, it's all for charity. It has there nothing to go. do it's with all for the people. That's right. It's all for it's the all people. For the people. All right. Murph, we're going to let you go now. I appreciate you, man. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm looking forward to doing with this, uh, doing this with you all season long. Uh, love your perspective and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm fired up, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Murph. All right. There you go. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Again, make sure you go follow them on um, on YouTube uh, and uh, subscribe to the channel there, and make sure you get, uh, get involved with the foundation as well. Just a great cause. All right, Mo, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish up with just some more analysis and talk about the Raiders Big win, 27-11, if you consider preseason a big win uh, uh, against the Jaguars here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do not go anywhere. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast with our live post-game show. If you're not watching us live on YouTube in the middle of the night after the Raiders' first victory of the season, preseason, uh, then you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform on Friday morning on your way into work. So thank you for doing that. Make sure you subscribe both on YouTube, hit the notifications bell. And also if you're listening to us on audio, do us a favor, subscribe on your favorite platform. Also give us a five-star rating. That would be huge for us. And we certainly appreciate you guys doing that. Okay, Mo, a uh, great analysis by Murph there. This is a reason we have him on because he's, he's, he's a great fan. He tells it like it is. Uh, he sees the good, he sees the ugly, but he balances it out, which is which is really great. But let's touch a little bit. I want to build on what we talked about with him and get some more analysis from you, too, on the defense. Um, what did you see? Let's get to some of the positives. What did you see there, especially on the defensive front, uh, with all those injuries that they have? I thought Kendall Vickers was who he is. He played well at times. He had the one sack uh, up front for the Raiders. And then... Um, from the edge, we didn't really see much, but we didn't really expect much there. Malcolm Koontz in the second half towards the end of the game had a couple nice plays. But overall, any of those guys who might be rotational guys stick out a little bit for you? My guy, Darian Butler. I know he didn't make a lot of splashes. I was waiting for it. I believe he had five tackles, two solo takedowns. Uh, again, no sacks and interceptions, so people aren't going to release. Uh-oh, Mo froze on us. So we're here we are live and Mo freezes on us, but I'm sure he'll be back in a second. Um, but um, we, yeah, it's Rossi, I'm going to pull some comments up here as we wait for Mo to jump back in here. Um, because, you know, when you're live, you just have, when you have internet issues, uh, you just never know what's going to happen. But uh, let's get to some of the comments here. And um, Mo is the minimalist. Oops, sorry. What happened there? We got it. Let's get back on there. There we go. Hello, guys. Sorry, uh, but Mo is the minimalist there, uh, as Rossi says, from down under in the late afternoon out there. Uh, Joseph Lewis says Parker has zero play strength. He is garbage. Um, and we got Mo back now after a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, Parker, is he garbage, Mo? Today. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Uh, can't hard to argue against that comment. Uh, Parker obviously struggled. He made Trayvon Walker look like Julius Peppers out there today, and that's not <laughs> a good look. But I will, but in fairness to Parker, he did get a lot of snaps at right tackle during practices, and now he had to play left tackle. So maybe yeah. the switch on the side of the line had a factor into this. So I don't think that dramatically impacts his race at right tackle because again, it's a different position. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand this. Some tackles are interchangeable. And I know Parker played left tackle in, in college. I know he's, he was the Raiders swing tackle. He's played on both sides of the line. But when you've been practicing on one side and then they ask you to play on another side, that could be a daunting task. But I said this on Twitter, even before this game, this has, this is not an overreaction to what happened to, uh, tonight, but I'm just not comfortable with the Raiders tackle position. I think they need to call in a guy, even if it's not Darrell Williams, just bring in some veteran insurance because if you remember in 2020, the Raiders had Colton Miller and Trent Brown as their starting tackles. Fine, mm-hmm. right? Trent Brown stays healthy. But they also had Brandon Parker as a swing tackle. They also signed Sam Young, who couldn't stay healthy, but he was veteran insurance. Yes. And they also had Denzel Good, who could play right tackle. So they had five guys who can kind of rotate around. To me, the Raiders right now, it's Colton Miller. It's a battle at right tackle. And it's a bunch of backups who may or may not be quality guys to come in and fill in. So I, I think the Raiders are still one tackle short from having a solid offensive line because we saw what it looked like, what it could look like if Colton Miller goes down with an injury, if he's not able to play, it could look pretty bad out there at left tackle. Yeah. What did you think of Dylan Parham the times he was in there? I thought he did pretty well for seeing his first live action. He didn't get a ton of playing time. Uh, of course, he's not going to be a solution this year. I, I've had some people comment here on the channel that, oh, he's going to start. No, I don't think that's anything close. But I think to your point, so many positives from tonight. And and, and it's not that we're going to um, um, go to th- that next step right away. It's going to take time. And I think that if you look at the problems with this team, because every team has them, and the question marks, that question mark on the right side of the offensive line, I think you see other question marks that will be rectified when people come back from injury. But that right tackle spot, I just, you know, Alex Leatherwood had a couple nice moments tonight, but again, was not overly impressive. So so you still have that lingering question. Your point about them signing somebody, we'll see when they look at the film how dire they think it is. If they think it's dire uh, now, they may go out and do it now, or they might wait. Uh, as you said, they have some time here, especially with roster cuts not coming till the 16th. Um, but the rest of that line, I thought, performed well without Colton Miller, especially the left side, Sands, the the, the Parker stuff on on the left uh, left tackle side. Uh, but they they had some nice moments. They protected that pocket for the most part. Yes, there were some sacks. There were some breakdowns on the stunt, um, which, of course, was another Parker issue, and he got beat on that one. But overall, I thought there were moments where they looked pretty good. But to your point, you're talking about a bunch of backups, uh, and you still have some question marks, so they're going to have to address it there as well. Back to the running backs real quick, Mo. Um, Zamir White. Uh, we talked about Zamir White. I talked with somebody earlier on our show this afternoon before the game that I thought Zamir White, uh, even if he's good, he's going to end up on the practice squad. I think all bets are off. It's only one game. I get it. We got three more weeks to go. But, man, that kid really looked sharp. He found that first run of his right off the bat was impressive. No chance he ends up on the practice squad, by right. the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, the, what stuck out to me about Zamir White is the fact that he had 17 catches, and I believe three years at Georgia. He had three catches for 23 yards tonight. So it was clear to me that they wanted to get him the ball as a pass catcher and see how he would perform and – a lot of times people dismiss a running back's ability to catch the ball because he didn't do a lot in the coll- on a collegiate level. But sometimes offense just doesn't call for him to, you know, show out in that in that area, in the pass catching area. So I think him catching the football is very encouraging that you can put him in on third downs. If he's a decent pass blocker, you can put him out there on third downs. He'll be able to catch the football, get those screens, get the short passes that you would normally get to Brandon Bolden or Kenyon Drake or Josh Jacobs, as we saw tonight. So 
Zamir White and, and Josh Jacobs, I tweeted this, they're going to be a pretty good one-two punch if they can both stay healthy. Yeah, and and they dodged a bullet. It looked like Kenyon Drake was injured pretty bad. He went into the sideline and was grabbing his hand. He eventually came back. Um, didn't look that sharp. Didn't have many carries after that, so so not much to go on there as well. Uh, but overall, I, as, as we said earlier today, I just like that running back room because of the depth there. And because of those guys, we didn't see Bolden play. He might have he might have been in a couple times, and I missed it. Um, wide receiver Tyron Johnson, um, of course, had the the big drop, right? Um, which was a little bit of what Chris Collinsworth talked about on the broadcast. He said, "Hey, um, this has kind of been the mo. He's got the speed. He's got that vertical threat that you love. He's got moves. He's a good route runner, but he doesn't always finish. Um, and the same can be said uh, for Cole." Uh, when you look at those two guys, one performance, um, but Tyron Johnson certainly, I think, left kind of a memorable performance out there. I'm going to, for context, I'm not comparing Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T-Billy. I'm not comparing him to Cliff <laughs> Branch, okay? I'm, just wanna, I'm not comparing him to Cliff Branch, but I'm going to get Cliff Branch in this episode one way or another since we're honoring him at the Hall of Fame game. So. Yes, sir. Cliff Branch, when he first got into the league, he had issues catching the football. His first two years, not much production. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan Pompey, the athletic, wrote about it, and he said, you know, Cliff Branch had all the speed in the world, but just couldn't hold on to the football. And it took him three years to kind of catch on and for a coach staff to use him appropriately so he can take off and be the Hall of Famer that we know him to be today. But I would give Tyron Johnson a chance. Yes, he did have a big drop. I wish he had pulled that in because he would have been a star of tonight's game if he, he pulls in that catch for a touchdown. But I think he's still the guy to claim a roster spot because, as I said in the last episode of Silver and Black today, he has the speed that a lot of guys on that roster don't have at the position. And if he could just hold on to the football, he could be a secret weapon in that offense. Yeah. Um, also, I want to get to a question here for you, Mo. This comes from Georgia Patriot who asks, do you think the Raiders keep five running backs or four? Four running backs plus uh, Jacob Johnson, who's the fullback. Yeah. Um, the top four running backs, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, Brandon Bolton. Those are going to be your four guys. I don't think Amir Abdullah makes it, even though he scored a touchdown and had some nice moments. Game. But I, yeah. I, I just don't think he makes it on the roster simply because the Raiders are stacked at the running back position. It, if Josh Jacobs and Zamir White stay healthy and Drake as well, Brandon Bolton coming over for the Patriots knows the system. I think those mm -hmm. four guys are pretty much safe to make the roster. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Mo, what other what other impressions did you have of of this team uh, overall? We talked about with Murph uh, that focus that you and I have been focusing on uh, the last uh, few shows. Um, but what else stuck out to you about the performance, about the coaching, what you notice about it from the play on the field? Yeah, I had an article on Sports Not just pointing out how the Rays are focusing on details and not beating themselves. And a lot of people, not a lot, but some people were saying, well, a lot of teams drill their players on not making mistakes. And how is that different for the Raiders? And you heard, to me, you heard it from the players. I think Colton Miller spoke on it. Teron Harmon spoke on it, that they're really drilling guys on not making mental errors, unforced mm -hmm. errors. So I think that showed on the field. Of course, they did have six penalties, but nothing of note that was repetitive that you would worry about. I know there was a botch snap in there. Uh, Nick Mullins and Andre James are probably going to have to run a lap for that at practice. But <laughs> other than that, I think the Raiders were pretty much – I know Josh McDaniel said they were kind of sloppy in the first half, but I thought they were pretty much sharp overall looking at them as a team. The other thing is I think they escaped this game without major injuries. We talked about yeah. guys that went down, Vickers, Drake, 
Keelan Cole, all those guys were able to pop back up, and it seems like they're all going to be okay. Because, of course, at this point in the offseason, injuries are the big headline. You want your guys to stay healthy. But really quick, before my internet shut down, didn't want me to talk about Darian Butler. I'm going to talk <laughs> about him again. Darian Butler was all over the field today, and I think that it does, it's not going to show up in the in the sacks, interceptions, the pass breakups. But he was in on the action. He was active, and that's what yes. you want to see out of a guy who could make the special teams as a as a backup linebacker. That's and I was doing this because it's forks up because he's from Arizona State, uh, where my daughter went. So I'm a, I'm a Sun Devil fan. Um, but th- that's the kind of performance, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's the kind of performance where if you guys out there. Um, have uh, the NFL Plus now, which it's called. It used to be Game Pass, where you can watch the the All-22. You can watch the film of a game. That's where you would see how well he performed uh, for his first outing because it wasn't stat sheet stuff all the time, right? It wasn't stuff that's going to stick out and get highlighted on television, but he was... I like the fact that he was in the spots, right, Mo? He was, in, he was where he was supposed to be which talks not only to his ability, but also talks to the coaching, that they have him understanding the system and he knows where he has to be, even if he doesn't make a play. So to me, that's really important. And that's what these games are for. So really exciting about it. By the way, Kelly says, hey, Mo, Kelly Kreiner, who would you draft at 12 in a half, uh, <laughs> in a half PPR fantasy draft? <laughs> All right. So he's, he's, he's trolling us because he knows it's late here too for us. But uh Anyway, but yeah, Mo, I like that one last question. And I commented, I think I tweeted about it during the game, which was um, the play calling. Um, I really liked it. I know, I mean, to me, it was just noticeable uh, the difference. I mean, obviously, the scheme is different with the blocking up front and what they do there. But man, I just felt like Josh McDaniels and and Nick Lombardi uh, seeing it. They weren't giving away too much, clearly, because it's preseason. Plus, they're going to be playing the Jags later in the year. But uh, I I just noticed it. It was crisper. It seemed to be uh, more apropos for the moment, uh, and they really utilized the talent they had uh, to 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 call the right play at the right time. Yeah, they're not going to show everything, but I think Chris Collinsworth did a good job of pointing this out that the Raiders were were not as vanilla as you would think in a, in a hall of fame game. Um, mm. They were, you know, they were throwing some things around out there, not necessarily showing their hand for the regular season, but just giving different looks and getting guys comfortable with the flow of, of the, of the new play calling system. But I want to get back to Alex Ludwig really quick. Cause a lot of people wanted to know what I thought about his performance. And I told people I have to watch it again because initially Alex yeah. Ludwig looks great because you know, he, his name is not being called. His number's not being called. He's not giving up the big sacks and Parker stinks. So it's kind of covering up what everyone else is doing on that line. But offensive line is one of those positions where you have to watch it more than once. You're not yes. going to get a good read on a player's performance off of one TV watch. You're going to have to watch it again to really get a, a grasp of how well or where where his weaknesses were on, on in tonight's game. But some people did point out that he did get some help. There were people in my mentions who said, well, he got some help on a couple of plays. And that's why he wasn't giving up the sacks. I did see on a, on a few plays, he did lock up some guys. He did clear the way for mm-hmm. Jared Stidham on his touchdown run. So he did have some bright moments as well. So I just want to put that out there because a lot of people have been giving us feedback on our Alex Leatherwood commentary. Some people saying, oh, you're giving up on him too quick. And I was saying, no, not necessarily. I was just saying that Brandon Parker has a shot, legitimate shot to be the right tackle. I know he struggled on the, on the left side, but as I said, he was getting most of his reps on the right side. So I, I still think that position is far from being decided. But I do think overall, with Alex Leatherwood, you kind of look at it as a mixed bag because maybe he did get a little help here there with a chip on an edge rusher. Maybe he looked a little slow on some parts with his feet. But he also, again, 
when your name is not called an offensive as an offensive lineman, that's a good, that's a positive. Yeah. And, and to me, that offensive line, especially early, I thought did an excellent job clearly of run blocking. I thought the pass blocking left yep. more to be desired, but the run blocking stuck out, especially in that first half. I thought they executed, ex executed well, including uh, the right side uh, when they had to do it. I mean, in fact, I think if I remember, I think one of those big long runs either by Jacobs or um, by white was on the right side. And so, so they were able to do that. It's the passing pass blocking that still concerns me and has to be a concern for the coaching staff. Yeah. So I will tell people before you have an, a strong opinion, either way of alpha would just watch the game again. Cause I will. And I, and I'll have, I'm sure I'm going to have more to say about alpha Lewis performance tomorrow. But I, like I said, I, I will say this, that again, that right tackle position is undecided and that tackle position position in general, the Raiders need to address it. They have over $21 million just bring in a proven veteran who's played the position, who's going to be able to you be able to plug them in just in case there's an injury or just in case Leatherwater Parker aren't the guys you thought they were. You just want a guy you can plug in just in case. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that that's got to happen pretty quickly because you need to get a guy in to learn the system, practice with the quarterback, and just uh -huh. just get inside there. So um, my desire would be for them to do that quickly. Uh, like this week. So we'll see what happens after they look at the film. And again, if they feel it's dire, which I do, then um, maybe expect them to make a move there, Mo. But we're going to be back on Tuesday. So we'll talk about after you and I both get a chance to rewatch the the line play uh, up front for the Raiders and rewatch the game. We'll have more commentary on that as well as, as the other position battles. You know, what else did we see that we noticed when we watch it? Because I always find two or three, sometimes more, things when I rewatch it, uh, especially when you can slow it down and look at different plays and different sets. So we'll have to do that and, and see how it all works out. We'll find out any roster news to the, to most point. Do they go out and sign uh, a veteran right tackle? What else has happened? They escaped knock on wood without any major injuries, which is huge. So I don't think we'll see any roster moves otherwise besides maybe additive stuff. So that'll be good, but we'll also do that. We'll also tell you the results of our fantasy football dr drafts. Many of the players are chatting with us here on YouTube and coming after Mo, uh, particularly Rossi, who's just all over you on Twitter. All man. losers. <laughs> losers are the loudest people in the room. They, they tell you that. Losers are always the loudest people in the room. Oh. When you're a winner, you don't need to address the noise. You just go out there and you win. That's oh all. My gosh. That's what you need to do. You, you just point to the scoreboard, right? Yeah, you just point to the scoreboard or the trophies <laughs> or the medals or the money. I whatever just love, you're getting. I, I just love the guy talking the most trash to you is in Australia. He's all the way across the <laughs> world where the toilets go the wrong way. I know he's going to give me crap about that, but you know what I'm saying? But uh, Rossi's our buddy, but but nonetheless, it's it's fun. It's going to be fun. So we'll give you that. Kelly's also been on chat dropping um, insults at us. Not insults, but funnies. So that'll be good. But we'll also uh, review anything else. Uh, and we're also going to introduce... Uh, a new segment, actually a new version of the podcast. We're going to start taking your questions. So look for communications with us on Twitter, on the Facebook page. 
as well as in the podcast where we'll tell you where to go so you can leave your questions. And then once or twice a week, we're going to jump on and do a quick 10-minute just Q&A, just to answer, just like we've had some great questions here about the running backs for Mo and so on. We're going to get to those and answer those more often as well as do some special shows. So look forward to that. All right, Mo, one, one's one, in the back. One, 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 go rule, ahead. one rule about the questions. Rossi and Kelly aren't allowed to ask any fantasy football <laughs> questions. You will not get any fantasy football edges and tips from me on this show. Rossi, just Rossi and Kelly. Everyone else can ask those two guys. No, no, no comment on their fancy. Football they're they're not getting any. You're saying they're not getting any airtime, is what you're saying. They're getting nothing from me. <laughs> Zero zilch. Persona non grata. <laughs> right? That's how it works. Uh, all right, man. Well, we're gonna hit the sack here pretty soon. Actually, we're gonna get some work done and then hit the sack. Uh, but Mo and I will be back Tuesday again. Shows are on Tuesday, Thursday, and post game. So look forward to those in addition to the Q&A shows that we'll also introduce soon. But we certainly appreciate that. And Rossi says on the on the way out, see you Sunday in the draft. Good luck at number 12, Mo. Just want to get that in right before we go. Just trying to get the psychology, I guess, is what's going on yeah. there. But anyway, um, we appreciate you guys being here. And uh, we got one down for this season, Mo. And now we got uh, 20 more to go. Because there's three more preseason and the 17 games, right? Absolutely. And quick shout out to Murph again for joining us. Again, he's yeah. going to be on post game shows throughout the season. So shout out to him for joining us, and shout out to everyone for joining us live. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. Good start to it. You get a W. And as I said, I had the Raiders winning by a touchdown. So if you bet the Raiders to win by a touchdown or more, you you want some money. Just put yes. It out there. I think Kelly lost his bet, so there's some solace, and we can celebrate that. <laughs> Because he needed something. He needed the under, didn't he? Didn't he bet the under? Bet the under in a total, I think. Yeah, and it was 33, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's not happy right now. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to jet out of here again. If you're listening to us on audio on Friday morning, good morning. It's Friday. It's a Friday after a Raiders victory. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. Until next time, Raider Nation, take care of one another. Special shout out again to Murph for joining us. We'll see him next week. And take care, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye-bye now.